0: to Black Consumer News of Arkansas Radio, Black Consumer News, a news that empowers. So welcome and thank you for joining us here on this Friday, July the 23rd, 2021. I don't know why I like that number, 2021. 20, it's just a good number. It's been a good It's year. a multiple it- of
1: seven, which is generally, you know, kind of. Yes. has a lucky connotation.
0: Yeah, the, the seven, the nine, all those are pretty good numbers, even right? Even <laughs> it has
1: some biblical <laughs> connotations. You know, seven days of the week. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: keep going. Lucky uh, seven
1: seven uh, days of Jubilee, which every, every seven years you're... Uh, debts are forgiven i like that you
0: like that one right jubilee yeah (laughs) (laughs) number one again thank you so much for joining us Uh, we're glad you came so please make sure you go and check out our website at blackconsumernews.com and also on the website sign up for our newsletter our weekly online newsletter for your monday morning brew, right? So come get a cup of good news, good information with Black Consumer News. Once you sign up, you can keep up and engage with everything that we're doing. Also, we want you to join us on Facebook and Instagram. So and you. Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. Oh, don't forget that. No, now. now, you know why I'm forgetting Twitter cuz I'm not the Twitter person, I'm a news person. I'm, I'm signed up for Twitter and I get a lot of tweets, right? Mm. But I'm I'm going to do better.
2: Mhm. Yeah, tweet, That's what Twitter. I,
0: I know tw- Twitter is a, is a good place to be. So make sure You also follow us on Twitter. We certainly appreciate it. And thank you in advance for all of your support. Uh, We've got a great show in store for you. I am your host, Angel Burt, BCN's chief creative officer and co-producer of this show. I also want to introduce our co-host and BCN's publisher and super executive, Director Wesley Brown. Good morning, Wesley.
1: Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I missed you last week. I was riding solo. You
0: was a little bit. You did great. You did great. You made it through. Uh, Uh (laughs) That's what counts. Okay. Just keep keep plugging it along. And we
1: have somebody. Oh, look over here. We have somebody here with us on the show.
0: Yeah, we have our um, B.C.N. writer and contributing writer. She's here with us today, Miss Mecca. Mecca, how are you?
3: I'm good, thank you. Thank Thank you so much
0: for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, We are happy to have you here with us. So make sure you chime in and and join our conversation wherever you feel like you can fit in. Get in where you fit in, Miss Mecca. Mecca's doing an amazing job in in writing stories for BCN. She's done some great stories. She's
1: covering our uh, historically black colleges and universities. She's done some great stories over the past week about a community gardens uh, about Philander Smith uh, events, Arkansas Baptist. Yes. Uh, and uh, and she's doing other stories at, for us. So uh, Becca is a, a recent graduate. Of, graduate of where? Where
3: you of a Little Rock?
1: And what what did you study there?
3: I studied mass communication with the emphasis in journalism there. And I just graduated this May,
1: 2021. So she's helping out uh, Black Consumer News. Yeah, we just
0: swooped her up, right? Yeah, Yeah. she's
1: doing a great job. Yeah, and
0: she's just spreading her wings, and she's doing a fabulous job. So make sure you go on and and follow us and, and check out Mecca Stories. She's doing a fantastic job. And we want to make sure that we support our young people all the time. And so, yeah, we appreciate you, and we're very proud of you, Mecca. And thank you for being a part of the BCN team.
3: It's an honor. Thank you, guys, for inviting me here.
0: Definitely. Hey, I also want to introduce our special guest, which is Stacy McAdoo. She is um, uh, Teachers Plus, actually, is a national nonprofit that empowers teachers to lead improvements in education policy and practice. And they have named Stacy McAdoo State Director of Teachers Plus. Arkansas Teach Teach Plus Plus, Arkansas teacher well well, hey teach it teachers they all go together right and so um, Stacey was actually the 2019 Arkansas Teacher of Of the the Year Year for the state of Arkansas yes she was and a member of um, Teach Plus inaugural Arkansas Teacher Policy Advisory Board she she was on that as well and she would lead the organization's policy and teacher leadership work in the state including launching the first cohort. Of Teach Plus Arkansas policies, uh, policy fellows. I mean, I'm sorry, fellow. This August, so I am so interested in what this organization is all about. When you're talking about policy, when you're talking about um, supporting teachers, education, launching for the first time. So it's a lot of exciting things going on. Stacy, are you there?
4: I am here. Welcome,
0: welcome, and thank you so much for being here with us
4: like before we start start i was trying to jump in on that 2021 um conversation that you had earlier Mm -hmm. and to me just the way miss angel says um 2021 it just sounds so smooth it's like Sounds
2: like jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's oh, coming yeah. from a
1: poet, so yes. we understand that. So,
2: yeah.
1: uh, we're we gonna we gonna let you do a little little riff on twenty twenty one. A poet, a poet later, on, on
0: a, a poet on both sides, actually. So yeah, so we understand each other's language, right, Stacey? <laughs> yes ma'am again hey we want to also uh, again welcome you to the, sto- the, the the show and we always start off um stacy and mecca with our bcn headlines uh with national and local news so please feel free both of you um uh, to chime right on in uh-huh. does that okay. sound good Yes. Mm All righty. So Arkansas is still singing unfortunately the Delta blues Mm -hmm. and just the past three weeks Arkansas has seen a spike of more than 25,000 new COVID cases and over 1000 hospitalizations uh, per day and um, and has seen the number of a total of about 6000 unfortunately deaths according to the State Department of Health nearly all the new cases and hospitalizations are due to the rapidly spreading Delta variant that has made Arkansas the nation's hot spot for new COVID cases. And nearly all the deaths in Arkansas are among unvaccinated patients. The health uh, uh, department officials, that's what they're saying. So on Sunday, Arkansas made the New York Times. Uh, On the front page, the article um, talked about Arkansas being one third of Arkansas remains unvaccinated. It talked about that and about the hospitalizations and how it's actually sweeping rural Arkansas Uh, And because in rural Arkansas, there are a lot of ste- skeptics about the vaccination. So Wesley is mm-hmm. also going to talk up to us about a unique perspective as it regards to, you know, these rural areas and Donald Trump's a little bit later in our conversation. But meanwhile, uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson continues his statewide community COVID conversation tour where he has often faced mostly white suburban constituents who are skeptical of the COVID-19 vaccine. In his weekly radio address, Hutchinson said many people have told him they aren't taking the vaccine because they don't trust the government. Hmm. So Wes, I talked about the fact that Hutchison went to rule um counties in the state, but they were initially talking about black folks not getting the vaccination. Mm. So 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 you know after discovering that it's the rural population that's e- em- even more enormous issue, right? And coming back around to that, I thought that was quite interesting that they talked about how Black people were afraid, to, you know, to go and take, you know, looking at um, the, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen and and and, 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 and the, um, you know, yeah,
1: the T- Tuskegee experiment, yeah. experiment, excuse yeah. me,
0: Airmen e- experiment, <laughs> you. you know, just <laughs> thinking about, you know, the fact that those things have happened to us in the past and and just being just not trusting so now on the flip side of that you have rural America white suburban uh, Americans that don't trust as well so that's a high number of folks not getting vaccinated well
1: that number is uh, uh, according to the Arkansas Department of Health 34 percent of the state remains unvaccinated Uh, if you look at that number that that leaves 66 percent of the state uh, that could uh, uh, and you know, if you just go by the numbers, that sure. could, that could get COVID. I mean, that that remains the yeah, um, uh, the one thing that has happened. If you look at the last election numbers, uh, the the number that Donald Trump won in the state of Arkansas was 67 percent. And most of um, what the rhetoric nationally that you have heard is is uh, from the pro-Trump uh, legislators in the state of Arkansas. Uh, nationally, have 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 urged mostly white suburban and rural uh, uh, population not to take the COVID vaccine. And in Arkansas, it is surprising to me that the number of uh, uh of the election November 2020 the same number 66 67% is the same number of people that are unpopulated in the state of but, Arkansas Wow that's
0: but, you interesting
4: know, You know what's interesting about that is Trump picked the vaccine you know so mm, like mm-hmm. that, yeah anyway
1: yeah that that number is 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 very uh, interesting and and it's interesting also that uh, you know, some of the, the messaging uh, uh, that the state has used, uh, used CARES Act dollars, American Rescue Act money uh, uh-huh. to to uh, promote to the black communities, they come at us a different way.
2: Uh-huh. They you, do.
1: You go on the radio, you hear uh, these messagings Black folk need to go out and get their it's their kinda,
0: vaccine.
1: Mm-hmm, get the
0: lotto ticket. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> a lottery ticket? You gotta pay us a lottery ticket? Did
3: you hear the um, remix to? Uh, I think back that thing up. They did the uh, get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that was ah. very interesting.
1: Yeah, and the, and then, but the governor in his COVID conversation, he his first first visit was to Cabot.
2: Yes, and,
1: and, and you know, Cabot represents to me is a white suburban enclave. Uh, mm-hmm. And and his visits over the first few weeks has been to those communities to talk to those people, Batesville,
0: Northwest Arkansas. Have, have getting, gotten a little heated. Yeah. People are like, "What are you talking about? Get out of here! We're not taking that vaccine."
1: Yeah, and that's so, those are the number the people that are that are saying. And now you're seeing cases. The New York Times stories and other there's other stories nationally that are talking about people who have said they weren't going to get the vaccine, and now they're dying, and they're changing their mm-hmm. message. Yeah. And, and the the one thing that happened this week that just really disturbs me and uh, is the fact that two children, a very young age, died this week, and the Arkansas legislature has passed a law during the le- legislative session mm-hmm. that basically mm-hmm. said that we cannot uh, uh, do a mass, go back to mass mandate. We cannot mm-hmm. implement any. Type of of CDC type policies uh, to protect our population. So, uh,
4: did you see the news this morning um, where they were quoting Hutchison in regards to the the plea from a lot of community members for the legislators to reconvene?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our our legislature is supposed to reconvene, you know, to do the redistricting numbers and to to decide how to spend Arkansas's portion of the one point six billion in American Rescue Act. So that could be a part of the legislative
0: well, session. Not,
4: oh, no, no, no. So what Hutchinson uh, was saying was that um, okay. he has no desire for to call another session, call them back into session, or for them to do this. And I want to quote what he said just this morning, which I found to be very, very, I don't know, um, disturbing. Okay. He, he said that you know he's not trying to get the ban lifted. He okay. would rather push for us to, um, for people to get vaccinated. But he said, I have not had any local school leaders reach out regarding an amendment to the law prohibiting mask mandates. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no school leaders have reached out like that. That's disturbing.
1: It, well, but I, I think, you know, sometimes we, we, we expect our government leaders to take Uh, position Uh, I think uh, and you know uh, I you know being at the State Capitol when covering uh, policies uh, Governor Hutchinson has never hardly ever vacillated on an issue Generally, he he takes a side, but this issue of what we're seeing now, he's just kind of uh, all in the middle of this and not taking a stand.
0: I mean, rightfully so, no one could could have Mm. predicted this, I mean, Mm. with this Delta uh, uh, variant that's out there. And and now I think, you know, you feel like a sitting duck, Mm. but yet there's no mandates or anything at all. And it's as if that everyone's just waiting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, well, what's gonna happen is what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, you have to start with, when you ask that question, what Continues is happening? to
0: happen, yeah. What
1: is happening, you start yeah. with what's happening today. What's happening today? Mm-hmm. We had yesterday, we had uh, 1,860 new cases. Uh, Mm -hmm. three weeks ago we only had 200 Mm -hmm. Uh, to the today UMAS uh, a hospital in Northwest Northeast Arkansas in Jonesboro are saying we're not taking any more capacity and then we have yesterday we have two children deaths and and the number of deaths total deaths in Arkansas has now surpassed the 6,000 more those that's what's happening today what's gonna happen tomorrow is more of the same because you got two million people of a state that has three million people that are still not
0: not vaccinated
1: exactly Mm -hmm. mecca you had something to say
3: yeah i was just going to say uh there's an attorney uh that's uh, arkansas attorney attorney that's trying to organize a lawsuit for parents Mm -hmm. to get involved to Mm -hmm. um challenge them basically Mm -hmm. the legislature, you know challenge them not being able to mask mandate with school coming up it's very right. scary for right. parents mm-hmm. it's right. unfortunate because like what wesley said it's starting to affect kids and that's 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 heartbreaking. that's that's where we should draw the line i, yeah. I think as a state as yeah. a
1: people when it comes in and, and, and stacy knows this just working with children and, and dealing mm-hmm. with that every day we as a society whether we're republican or democrat or independent whatever we tend to draw the line when it comes to children.
3: Yeah, personally, I had a lot of reservations about getting the vaccine, but Mm -hmm. um, to protect my child, I -hmm. I did it. And I convinced Mm -hmm. my partner to go do it to protect our child. Like, it's the most important thing.
2: Mm, Exactly.
3: And and I'm glad you brought that up because um, I've
4: had a lot of conversations with parents about sending their children. Because everybody, children under 12 don't even have a choice in this. Mm-hmm. And as a as a teacher advocate as a advocate, I would be remiss if I didn't say that it's not even just about protecting the children. So hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. a, a vaccinated teacher could be in a classroom and spread with it. twenty to twenty five <laughs> unvaccinated, unmasked children. It's not even just about that child or that that child giving it, transmitting it to another child. Right. It's about those children potentially. Giving it to the teacher, who Absolutely. then t- brings it home to her mm-hmm. elementary unvaccinated children. I had a, um, and I, I won't name drop, but I had a, a, a very influential individual to tell me that she was scared for her children, and I just looked at her and I said, "Well, you know, I'm scared of your children."
2: Mm-hmm. So I
4: think I think that if we think about it, not just in terms of our own biological children and, and what what works best for them, but how our our decisions or lack of decisions impact a whole classroom, a whole community, a whole exactly. state. Like it's, it's bigger than just us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, I think COVID nineteen has affected um, this nation, uh, this country, this um, this state in so many ways that it's so unpredictable and people Mm -hmm. really don't know that don't have any of the answers it's unpredicted
1: and unprecedented
0: definitely Mm -hmm. definitely, and Mm -hmm. so I think that makes it a a very uh, it's a hardship uh, on everyone because people have different opinions on both sides uh, Mm -hmm. of of the spectrum and but yet the cases are going up now you got a new variant it's just like so many things going on and you know unfortunately there are some lines drawn um, Mm -hmm. you know down down the line on, on both sides of the spectrum but we also see those cases still going up and then Uh at first it was affecting children and now it's now it is affecting children so it is just again uh, unprecedented time and it certainly um, can be very very confusing I also think that the COVID um, itself in general has really affected our young people in in a a way that we could never imagine but also it kind of unveiled a lot of things that are going on especially in the Underprivileged community with our yeah, young hi. people, Stacy, and I want to kind of speak with, to that and and kind of bring together um, as far as what the mayor had to say that about him being fed up about the ongoing violence in the street in, in Little Rock and. Um, and 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 talking about you know he released a, st- a statement that said that um i am extremely saddened and angered by the violence that took place in our city over the weekend and also calling for uh, uh, you know using re- uh, american uh, rescue money uh in in the amount of uh one million dollars to to bring in to kind of help oversee um solutions toward this violence but i want to kind of Pull this all together as far as COVID is concerned, and and help you help. I want you to help me and our listeners and um, everyone here in the studio kind of get your perspective on COVID as far as education. Now we see that these young people who who probably could not read, could mm-hmm. not write don't have
1: the internet well and they're
0: and they're and they're and they're and, and they're idle right so now mm-hmm. they're faced with you know i may have been an 11th grader I, I may have been a 12th grader supposed to graduate i didn't get a chance to even graduate because i'm not even going to school hardly just on a regular basis now you put a computer in front of me and tell me hey look I, you got to do this at home i didn't participate so now i mean do, do is that is that it's what I'm, what I'm trying to get to, do you think that COVID-19, as far as education, as far as all this violence is happening with our, with our young black men, you know, has drawn them more closer to the streets and 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 made them more desperate uh, and not see and not seeing a way out for themselves?
4: I don't, probably, but what immediately comes to my mind right now is. Um, this, I live across, the, basically across the street from Roman Elementary. Okay. One of the first things that they did, they, being Mayor Scott and the city, um, is they they took down basketball goals and rims from a lot of our mm-hmm. parks and, and yes. our schools, right? Yes. So they they did that, but meanwhile we were still having football, like the the schools were still having football games and all of that stuff. That's interesting. Um, once the <laughs> the The basketball goals in my neighborhood are still down. Wow! So, and and I've contacted them. I've asked them about it, and I cannot get any real answers as to why or when they're going to put the goals and stuff back up. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to that, um, you also had community centers and programming that that came to a halt as well. So, not only did the students not or the children not have face to face instruction and a formal traditional education. Mm-hmm. They also didn't have all of those informal um, learning experiences. Church. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and certain, everything set down. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they were, they are in this little insulated bubble, bubble. where they're mm-hmm. not getting the, the wraparound support that they mm-hmm. would have received otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I just knowing in my church, we, we haven't had to, our church has been out and and still haven't haven't returned and and our church has been very involved in the the education of our children from uh uh hand very hands-on and and not to have that uh and the children are are are, uh suffering yeah yeah Yeah, they
0: really are uh one thing that i that that um i wanted to kind of reiterate um stacy and mecca and Wes, is that you know something that I thought about was that if they have the inability to read or write, it's Mm -hmm. a a mental environment of hopelessness. So are we seeing that? You know, the, the cause and effect sort of thing. Like you said, they t- they're taking away the basketball games, uh, goals so they can't exert any type of energy. Right. So mm. sometimes when you have that negative energy, if you're able to, you know, get on get on a basketball court, you know, shoot some hoop, then that can that kind of well, take well, it away. I
1: think and also, you know, every everything is going to remote, you know, remote learning, remote work. Uh, 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 and you're seeing issues related to COVID that we've never seen. Uh, uh you have to lump all those things together from unemployment to to a, a unemployment right. claims to the economic issues inflation that we're dealing with right now and then you go into the home setting and and I know and, and, and we know I know some of the members of my community the children don't have uh, internet access
0: absolutely uh, to
1: be able to connect to to be to, that's the one thing that we've done to remain connected to each other. And if they're not connected in that way, whether it's education, whether it's just just holding a webinar or doing something that connects those, we do our church by by the internet. So so if they're not connected in that way,
0: it's hard. Yeah. Well, and I find it I find it excuse me Micah, I find it interesting when you talk about employment though, Wesley. So because if a person can't read or write, there's no employment, right, Stacy? Right. right I mean for the most right. part so you so so you're you're just kind of out there you you can't make money Right, you can't make decent money un- un- unless you're making illegal money, yeah. right? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speaking to this heightened kind of, um, you know, uh, violence that we're having here in in the city, and then, and then from just talking about it, I'm hoping that we can also talk about some solutions. Go ahead, Mecca.
3: I think a lot of it is just a, is so many factors right now because, like Wesley said, it's unprecedented times, and it's so many factors that are affecting kids at home, home life, and right now with school being out it's 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 sad to see I have a lot I have 12 nieces and nep- nephews that okay. are all school age and they're all going through things right now they're eager to get back to school and they don't under, understand the dangers that they're going to face when they go back to school and I think those mm-hmm. burdens I don't know how we could address them, but I think that it could definitely be contributing to the violence for the older men, um, those older high school age men and stuff that, like you said, a lot of athletes, they weren't the best at academics. So when they go home and then they don't know what they have to look forward to next year with this, um, this Delta variant going rampant, like they, they don't know what the next few months of, school is going to look like. Well, I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to point to two dates that are going to happen in the next. So, uh, the June 30th okay. was the date that that uh, Arkansas was one of the few states that ended the unemployment benefits, the extra right. $300 uh, right. dollars per week benefit. uh on July 31st the federal eviction ban will yeah, end
3: for
1: uh, uh nationally uh, uh the number there's there's over 700 peop- 7.5 million people uh families not individuals but families and when you multiply that it's kind of like the bible connection when the bible said 6000 people it was men but it also included men, men women and children so when you look at that number that number is people that are 3 months behind Mm -hmm. in rent Mm -hmm. and when july 31st happens, the next day august 1st the landlords are going to come calling right and we're going to have an economic situation that 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 is is going to be very impactful especially in our communities uh uh, and also you go add that on to currently inflation is uh, almost Mm at five percent uh the federal uh, reserve's target for inflation is two percent annually we're at 5% right now. So that's more than double in terms of everything that you're paying, that you put in your shopping basket, mm-hmm. everything that you buy on the internet, every car, every home that is probably 40 to 50% higher than you oh, were yeah. paying a yes. year ago.
2: Yes, uh, that's Call inflation.
3: Those, <laughs> in addition to those unemployment benefits, uh, and then uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, he cut off the additional uh, food supplements that they were getting right. as well, which is... I- it's just like he has no, um, not, I, empathy is the word. Has, <laughs> it's, care how it's affecting underprivileged
0: primp- go, go ahead, Stacey. Um,
3: well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm really glad that you
4: brought up the unemployment and the, and the economic issues and dilemmas that we're facing, because as a, as a teacher, as a mother, oftentimes it, all you have to do is just kind of look at what's happening in society, what's happening um, Time-wise, as to the increases in our crime, like uh, uh-huh. they all—it always goes up in the summertime when the kids are out of school when mm-hmm. they have more time on their hands. We have essentially been on the summer break since March of 2020, right? So sure. I think it makes sense that 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 there are more opportunities for crime, which most of the crimes are either crimes of opportunity that we tend to commit, mm. crimes of opportunity or crimes of finance, like economic. And yeah, if if, if yeah. babies are are having, are they two and three months behind, or their parents are two and three months behind on, on their rent? If food is in, food prices are increasing. If unemployment rates are going up then all of those things contribute to it and bringing it back to Ms. Burt, when you were talking about the children not being able to read and and them not getting their their services like you have kids that were dyslexic or that were in special that special education that were getting um skills Mm-hmm. therapy and, and and all of that though all of that stopped for those babies
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that and that and like you said all of those factors uh, uh from economic to educational to institutional or uh, whatever it is yeah. uh,
0: strong factors
1: uh everything factors in in and but but a lot of times we we can discuss those things but mm-hmm. but when that first from at home and I see this as, as a, a it, it from our, our church when people come to us for assistance, you see all they are, are 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 thinking about is, you know, for for most people, having a roof over their head is the basic need uh, in our communities. If if Ooh, I can take and shelter. Yeah, if I can take care of those three things, mm-hmm. and right now uh, all three of those things are are, are right on the press at risk uh, mm-hmm. because our communities are are dealing with these issues and what. And we've always dealt with those issues. We've always worked around them, but COVID has magnified these things.
0: Oh my goodness! Uh,
1: Ten times Enormously. over, twenty times over, and I they agree. continue to. And it was interesting. And we started to see a comeback, you know, when the, when things were reopening. But now we could possibly devolve back into uh, to a, 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 an economic situation downturn that that was worse than and- the. Than, than we saw back in April, uh, May and June of 2022.
0: An economic breakdown. Hey, I, I do want to talk about this uh, real quick to everyone. I'm going to ask everybody this question, right? So we've got a million dollars on the table, Stacy, Mecca, Wesley, all right? So when we talk about all of these things that, that, are, that, are, uh, that we're faced with, the challenges that we, that we have amongst our community, uh, if you had a million dollars, what would your, your solution be? As far as how to not not all not fix everything, but pick one thing, and what would you do with that million dollars? Don't everybody go at one time. Oh Mecca, go ahead.
3: That's a hard question.
1: Mm, well, you do, well you you can't you can't start speaking and not answer now. Yeah, that's a hard question <laughs> though
3: because. Uh, yeah, uh, just pick one. My, just pick one. One. Um, uh, give me one issue that we're addressing
1: now. No, you you got to come up with an answer, babe. <laughs> okay, come we on, have to now. say
0: one thing that we're addressing is, um, let's see, we need more. Uh, we we were homes, you know the the um you know the renters, people have been renting, and it's coming at the end of the at the end that of that needs to uh, be July.
3: extended for sure. The um the eviction. But you got a you got a million dollars. What would you do with it? What am I gonna do with it? I don't know. I'm gonna um.
2: I'm gonna use-
1: you see that like, you're on the radio baby i'm a, I'm gonna step in front of you and go, head on. go ahead on right. uh i I believe education is is central to what we need and i i one of the things being been uh a uh, business editor for for the daily record uh, and 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 being a reporter covering business mm-hmm. and economics for for thirty years okay. Financial literacy is something that that I think is is missing in our uh in our community and teaching people how to to earn i mean i i think if if we begin to 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 become entrepreneurs and 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 uh, uh, and not everyone's going to become an agent, but but being more, more self sufficient uh, in in terms of e- e- economic issues. And
0: how would you use that million dollars to do that, Miss? Economic lit-
1: literacy, just to teach teach people. Okay. T- I'll I give it to teach plus to, to teach. Cool, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right,
0: Stacy, you ready? You got that million dollars? Let's see, let's see. <laughs>
4: Well, and, and I wasn't even going to go teach plus wise. I immediately went to our conversation about the youth and, and them getting out here and doing all of this violence and all of this stuff. And I think the fundamental reason that a lot of people commit crimes and do all of those things is because they haven't figured out how to monetize their talent. Exactly. What, I, what I would do is I would put money into helping to train young people Give them a trade. Give, teach them a skill. Taking my answer. F- find out whatever their skills are, so that they can become an
0: entrepreneur, work for themselves, and be able to support themselves. My one, skills. my one that
1: million dollars was well that spent. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was that was my answer, but I'm gonna um, um, just extend that um, to, as far as you know trades, um, because college is not for, for everybody, and I think you would agree with me on uh-huh. stage. But we have people have skills you know uh, that they that they need to hone in on that can be very lucrative lucrative to them so if we put together a a program um, or some sort of trade school for those for those students that are not you know, academically, um, going to a college or something like that, and give them some incentive. Finish this this um, program. Get your plumber's license. Get your electrician's right. license, and we will give you ten thousand dollars to start your business. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, give them sort of some sort of incentive as well, and then ma- and then and then base that on some sort of criteria. But because here's the thing, you know, if you can't pay for where you live, right? right? If you can't pay for the food you eat. Mm. or the clothes that you're wearing on your back, Mm. if you can't take care of yourself, all right by being entrepreneur or working, then that, you do
1: become desperate, and, and then you do see things. violence right. in
0: the in in the, in the uh, in our in our community, and that's what it really boils down to.
1: Yeah, when we got to go back to America. You know, she still ain't gave us. Okay, no she answer,
3: hasn't yeah. gave us no <laughs>
2: answer.
1: No answer. I'm just gonna
3: piggyback off
1: of. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Jeez. I agree okay. with
3: the financial literacy thing because yeah. I, uh I actually didn't start working until I was 18 years old. I didn't have my first job until I was 18, and i worked my butt off since then and um my parents they never wanted me to have to work for a thing in life but that's not the reality of it that's not the reality once we get in the world we need to our children need to know what the cost of real life is what the what the seriousness of building credit is and all those different types of things and being able to stand on your feet so people won't look at you
2: Different,
0: you
3: know. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. They will.
0: Bravo! Right. I think right. you guys have done an outstanding job of solutions. <laughs> okay. We all know the problems, right, Stacey? <laughs> yes. Now, now, give us the money. I <laughs> know, well, yeah, right? Is, that, release, <laughs> hey. release, the funds. For, for those that are listening, okay, they can help with this. They can definitely. I mean, because I think we definitely need to become more solution-driven, especially we as it, as, especially as all of these um, negative things are affecting our communities, our mm-hmm. children. Then we need well, to come I- up with ways to fix it. And for those people that, you know, like ourselves that are right there in it, um, face front to it, I think, uh, you know, our voices definitely need to be heard. And speaking of voices, I'd like to transition and um, talk with our special guest today, uh, Miss Stacy McAdoo, Miss Teacher of the Year. Um, Just wanted to ask you a few questions and just talk about your successes. And and maybe this conversation will, will inspire others to, you know, either take on the role of teacher understanding teaching a, a little bit better because we you know some of us have a different you know look at you know what a teacher is and what a teacher does and as, as far as it relates to our students so I want us to kind of you know kind of paint that picture so um, what year um, Stacy did you become a teacher um, um, or did you begin teaching I should say and and how has teaching changed um, in your view since then
4: okay so I uh, honestly became a teacher the earliest that i remember is probably around six years old i used to play school in my bedroom and my brother would be my only live pupil Um,
0: (laughs) and i love it and
4: it it continued so by the time he he he's four years younger than me by the time he made it to school school didn't come as easy to him as it did for me so Mm -hmm. i often found myself re reteaching material to him in ways that i thought w- that he would be able to understand it i've always loved language i've always loved music he was a hands-on person so i would do a lot of things that i i didn't understand the a- academic terminology for what i was doing but you know i was i was teaching to him i was teaching holistically and in an afrocentric way but i didn't know any of that stuff beautiful so fast forward um and I don't want to go into all of the details, but he probably had a learning disability that we didn't recognize or know.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: He was later, um, when he got ready to go to college, he was diagnosed with manic depressive, manic depression, bipolar,
2: Mm -hmm. but
4: he was also diagnosed with um, psychotic episodes, right? Mm -hmm. So he literally had a a mental breakdown in the vehicle on the way to school, on the way to college, like the weekend he was supposed to check into his dorm. So that that moment, that thing is what really um, changed the whole trajectory of my life. Prior to that, I knew I was a teacher. I knew that's what I loved, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to make money. So
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, I went to college for professional and technical writing, and I was like, yeah, um, that's not for me. But when he died, his death made me appreciate life, and I was like, okay, I really have to do what I'm put here on earth to do. So I cut my hair off, quit my job, uh, went into a master's program and went into the classroom. And what has happened since then is I've probably physically Mm -hmm. actually had about maybe 3,000 or so students that I have actually taught. But I've impacted a lot more because of my poetry and the club sponsoring and all of that. But what what my experience with him did was it made me become a, a much more compassionate person it made me more aware it made me um slow down and tune in to people so that sure. i could figure out what they need and it made me teach and think really differently so i've always advocated for the the most marginalized the ones that we don't tra- traditionally think about which i forgot your second question but that that's how well, when we, well oh, I'm, second question. I'm gonna how, I'm, I'm
1: gonna how, I'm come, to come in here and ask, ask okay. a question too uh uh uh, one of the things that that I've heard from others and uh, uh, Victoria Mays who's also part of BCN, how we had a conversation and, and I, I want to read the quote that Roberto Rodriguez said about you Stacey's an outstanding leader who brings a deep commitment to elevating and empowering teachers to make change on behalf of Arkansas students she understands the critical issues that impact equity and student success Mm -hmm. and how to work with educators to improve opportunities and outcomes for all learners. What I see in that in that is is leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, where where and and your understanding that it, it takes leadership to even impact uh, even if you have skills, even if you can, if you're a good teacher and you do all these things in the classroom, tell, tell me about your philosophy on leadership and and how that has impacted you. Obviously, your brother's uh, uh, death impacted you uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in many ways. But where did that that focus on leadership come from?
4: I, I think part of that is um, I've always believed that. The answers are are within us and i also think that they're around us i don't think that we necessarily have to go outside of, of arkansas outside of our community to find the solutions to the things that we need and leadership isn't necessarily me standing up giving people the answers it's a it's about
0: collaborative distributive. Yeah, yeah
4: distributive leadership it's where we share this responsibility and this leadership so i think that when you put people in um in think tanks and cooperative learning groups, when you do like we're doing right now, have a a, a discussion with different types of individuals from different backgrounds, then you come up with a solution. Um, In terms of like my leadership and my work and, and the connection with Craig, so because of all of that and because of my personal background, it just made me just more aware of the students that we typically overlook, don't think about those quiet kids who are in the middle, who you know, are, are the bubble kids who we don't spend a whole lot of time on. So those have been the kids that I have personally advocated for. And, and that's the work with, my, with um, AVID, which was an event. event, event it was a, a program for students who typically would be the first in their families to attend or graduate from college. And, mm-hmm. and the whole premise behind that was acceleration and not remediation. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you challenge these students. And I would also have to challenge the teachers because a lot of them didn't think that our baby they didn't they were unable to recognize the brilliance in our babies because it doesn't necessarily look like what the standard textbook definition mm-hmm. of brilliance is. So I, I always had to to fight and advocate for our children, um so that people could see them holistically and and value their differences and they're they're brilliant.
1: You mentioned dyslexic, and in, in, mm-hmm. uh, uh that's one of the things that I've, I've you know, i had someone that 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 I I used to date, and and she was brilliant, mm-hmm. but the world thought that she because right. she couldn't read the same way you and I read, or mm-hmm. that she was dumb, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so and and I think like you said, if we don't find what makes that child brilliant every child has a gift every child has some brilliance in them it's up to us to find it
0: yeah. Well, Stacey, i also like to just to add to that, you know, <clears throat> in your in your new position, I think uh, definitely just listening to you as far as, um, you know, how the, your, your passion at such an early age and then working with your brother. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. just really you just painted a great picture of what mm-hmm. passion really is all about and really living up. A part of your purpose because we're all purposeful mm-hmm. and, and multifaceted right so mm-hmm. you're, you're living in that and then he helped cultivate that in you mm-hmm. and then using that also transposing that into every student that you come in contact with mm-hmm. especially the quiet ones and those are the mm-hmm. ones that a lot of right. time get left behind and right. that that end up in our streets and the one that we're talking about today that that um, this violence is, is occurring right. from and so right. um, so when you talk about policies and working uh, in your new position, are these are some of the things that you're thinking about as far as helping teachers understand this passion that you have as well, and then translating that into helping more students that are quiet?
4: Yes, so there, there are three three answers to that. Um, during my year of service as a teacher of the year, my platform was using passion and poetry to close the opportunity gap. So in addition to early childhood education, um, the recruitment and retention of minority teachers. And when I say retention, I mean, we have to figure out how to keep black teachers in those schools, because we leave at a um, faster rate than non-black teachers. And then that last thing is um, using the art to, mm-hmm. the, the importance of the art. So those are the three things that I am most passionate about. But what happens with this fellowship is it's not even about me so we have 20 outstanding teachers from around the state of arkansas everywhere from northwest arkansas to the delta to here in central central little rock arkansas Mm -hmm. who are coming together and they're going to lead the work based on what they feel they need in their communities to improve the education system so once they identify their topics then i help them narrow that down i help provide resources and training for them to be able to go out and advocate for those policy things last year my my particular project was on recruitment and retention and what i end up doing and not me specifically but me as, as, and my my group of individuals we developed um, policy recommendations on how to on, on we had focus groups with teachers of color around the state of arkansas asking them what is it that you? Why do you think we don't have a lot of black people in education? Why do you think black people are leaving faster? They gave us their their thoughts. We took that. We did the research. We came up with policy recommendations. Took it to the state board of education. Said, mm-hmm. Hey, look, this is what your, this is what your teachers are saying. This is not what we are saying. Right. Based on this, this is what we think you need to do. They took our recommendations, presented it to the superintendent, and starting in August of 2022. Every district in the state of Arkansas has to come up with a plan on how they, on, on how to, how specifically how they're going to recruit and retain, not just teachers, but also administrators. Mm-hmm. So th- the work that we're going to be doing, it's not just stuff that, that they're doing just for the sake of, of doing it or being It can be, implemented. It's gonna be implemented. Mm-hmm. It's going to be implemented. And that tangible, real things that we can change policy-wise. Right. not necessarily you know because I I don't really care if if the people don't like black people or if they don't appreciate the art but
2: mm-hmm.
4: within your the, your operation within the way you run things you ought to demonstrate that this is of value.
2: Right,
1: uh, you you uh, start your uh, 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 the, this first cohort Arkansas Policy Fellows in August. Kind of okay. describe to us how you, you mentioned that is is it twenty? You said twenty. Mm-hmm.
2: it's twenty. Twenty
1: yes. fellows that are going to be in this program. How does mm-hmm. that work? And uh, how long is that that uh, so called uh, cohort or or educational mm-hmm. boot camp is going to? How long is that, that going to last?
4: It, it's essentially a ten month program started so wow. starting start in august they'll end may june um but the work doesn't actually stop after the fellowship so they're whatever they develop um they're going to have recommendations i'm assuming they'll probably do focus groups like i said it really just kind of depends on what they're interested in but we we meet uh, monthly
2: Mm-mm. for
4: um like three hours during the week and then we have some retreats during the weekend so it it is a very intensive thing but they learn everything from the art of storytelling how to how to tell their story how to do op ed they meet with legislators Um, they do the research they go back into their schools and they advocate for it they become the bridge between the classroom teacher and the administrator the superintendent and these are classroom teachers so they're not we're, we're not focusing on
2: mm-hmm.
4: principals or anything because i believe that the people closest to the students um the ones on the, with the boots on the ground mm-hmm. are the ones that people in, in, in at the capitol need to be listening to instead mm-hmm. of having if that would have been the case then we wouldn't have this mask mandate i mean there's no mask mandate right now had they been listening to teachers in the classroom
1: yeah make, making laws and trickle down instead of right. of the laws those those you should come to the teachers uh, uh, that that the legislature both in the house and senate uh, the the legislative committees over there the educational right. committees do not it, it it it's interesting to me being over at the state capitol and seeing that they do not. They do not respect teachers, and it's no, uh, they they're, they're anti They're yes. anti-education. Yes. You have people who are over those committees who are anti-education, and that yes. is the most amazing thing to me. And you see it also in the in the other committees, judicial committees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the other committees at the legislature, where the people mm-hmm. who are, are are supposed to be, the they 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 put a a, a wolf over the chicken nest,
2: you know. So, right. Right.
0: Well, that, that certainly isn't the case for me. I've always advocated in my, my mind and my heart that teachers should be paid the highest salary <laughs> in the whole country, okay? Because they got our babies' brains with them, and, and, and right. they're, a big, they're a big part of, of molding who they are and who they become. And we can all kind of, you know, really, really, really speak to that. And speaking, mm-hmm. and speaking of um, who our children come become, um, the Arkansas School Board is a back- in the saddle, um, so how do you feel about that with the school board <laughs> being? She,
1: she she she's had a pause there. I, I want to. That was a pause, Yeah she, she had a little pause there. I want to. I want to see what that pause is about.
4: Okay, so full disclosure, right now, um, I'm I'm very heartbroken with um, honestly the education system and and a lot of our leaders. I think as a classroom teacher, I, I felt abandoned. I felt like. I was out there by myself and that I wasn't being protected, advocated for, mm-hmm. or, or cared for.
2: Mm-hmm. Which, is part,
4: which was partly, not partly, which was B, the, the reason that um, shifting to Teach Plus mm-hmm. was so appealing to me because I, I never want any classroom teacher or any any staff in the, in the education system to feel like they're out here on this island by themselves, that they have to be the ones You know, um, asking or advocating for what they need because it it should not be that way. They should be the most taken care of group of individuals because our children are the most precious resources that we have, right? Absolutely. So if we're going to entrust our babies to anybody, whoever we're we're loaning them to
0: needs to be taken care of so that our babies are taken care of exactly can you say that again
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I agree with that one 100 because teachers are human too right they have they have feelings they have you know they go through changes and you know if, if you're if your teacher is in the right mindset and the mm-hmm. right position and and like you said feeling um cared about then you're going to get a more positive results yeah. um, as they interact with our, our children each mm-hmm. and Every day, and I definitely think that it's, it's, it's um, uh, commendable um, that this organization has looked at putting together this this um, this initiative, uh, and definitely with you, you you spearheading it as far as coming up with solutions. Um, you know, yeah. dissecting it all, going in the room, going yeah. on the on, on the board, and and let's mm-hmm. seeing what the issues are and seeing how we can come up with solutions yeah. to actually and one, fix them. And one
4: one of the other things that I'm really excited about is. Yes. Like, I'm building this from the ground, you
5: know? Yeah, having given, yeah, So
2: that,
4: that, that, that gives me so much hope because
5: I have, <laughs> if you talk to my mom, she would roll her eyes and she, she hates the way my car and my house looks because I, I she calls me a hoarder and I am a hoarder. <laughs> I'm also a hoarder of relationships. So I have in my phone people that I worked with from 19 years ago and I just know really amazing individuals so I, I'm excited about having the opportunity to partner with and pull in some of the people that I have real relationships with um, mm-hmm. to help help build this and advance this and, and share their knowledge with us, mm-hmm. so I'm excited.
1: So tell us a little bit more about Teach Plus and its philosophy and what it's doing, not only here in Arkansas with you, but nationally. So
5: nationally, at the heart of, of, of what Teach Plus is about, it's about providing equitable, um, and equitable education for students. And they are specifically interested in improving the lives of black and brown children. And they believe that the, the way to do that is by increasing um, training for teachers, by in, in improving the teacher workforce, and all of these other other ways that people may not necessarily um, think about, but at the heart of it, well, it was started by a classroom teacher who very similarly to me um, wanted to have more influence and impact at the policy level because she felt like she wasn't being heard. Mm-hmm. She has since left Teach Plus and gone back into the classroom because she feels like, all right, I've established this, this, this system now i can go back in the system and do what i need to do and this teach plus model is there so it it, it, it's now a i won't say a machine but it's able to be sustainable without the founder of it which i think is pretty fascinating the um, national teacher of the year is Mm. a Teach plus fellow um our our board members are people in in the United States Congress. And so, I mean, it, it has, it's a national nonprofit organization
2: mm-hmm. that
5: has some amazing um, partners and they've been doing work in 11 states prior to coming here. So this is the... This is just now getting their feet wet here in Arkansas.
6: Well, I know if they've got you on board, then it's we're going to get some results, and uh, we're definitely so so very proud of you. I want you to talk about real quick because we've got just got a few minutes left. What are some uh, of the best experiences that you've had as a teacher?
5: Oh, the best experiences, hand down, have been the children. They are. So when I and I know I use the word brilliant too much, so I use it overused. But they are, they are so
2: innovative and creative,
5: and they 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 give me so much hope, so much hope. Even in spite of the the news, you know, showing us the bad stuff, I can name. 10 kids off the top of my head right now who are doing absolutely phenomenal things. Sure. So, and that's why I think that when when you help them find their voice and find what they're good at, then they really can soar. And mm-hmm. that, that has been the highlight of my life. I'm the founder of a youth organization called um, The Righteous, and it's a spoken word collective for high school and, and college students that um, go around promoting social justice pretty much through their words. They recently did um, poetry based on some of the the laws and um, bills that were being introduced in the legislative session mm-hmm. and took it to TikTok to get young people involved. And, and now we have oh, a wow. whole group of people. I mean, it, it was amazing. I love it. We have a whole group of people, 16, 17 years old, who have senators' phone numbers in their in their phone. Oh
6: and, man, and, we, and did, we need we need to do a story on that, Wes. Yes, do. we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: that righteous is a uh, play on words. Is w r i t e o u s. So, uh-huh. so.
6: Mm-hmm. And, and 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 also, Stacy, do you find that poetry helps the young people really release? the the uh, mental my, tension yeah. and anguish that they're facing in their lives and um do you um <laughs> see transforma- transformations in that talk a little bit yeah. about that we've got about it, um it two is. minutes
5: so um one one of my poets would tell you poetry poetry didn't save my life it saved yours and what he means by that is that i mean he's very literal had it not been for poetry, he would have been one of those kids out there riding around shooting and turning donuts and all of that stuff. Instead, he spends countless hours writing and, and coming up with um with rhymes and words and wordplay and metaphors and all of this stuff. So he did he learned how to channel his energy into something
6: positive. I love that. Hey, uh, two two things. One, are you going to have a righteous group for adults ever? yeah'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna join me and mecca gonna join that what, what, group what about here. me i'm a, I'm a recovering
2: <laughs> poet
1: i had to i i, I went to college on a pho- I, I studied philosophy and po- oh. but i had to did somebody, somebody told me you got to make a living man
6: yeah <laughs> so, uh, what,
5: what's funny with that is that it actually started with adults So oh. a long t- a long time ago uh, we were in the group Fan for poets yeah was all around poetry. I started a magazine called The Righteous. I went into the classroom. Mm-hmm. I took the concept of The Righteous into the classroom, and instead of having a physical print magazine called The Righteous, mm-hmm. my students became my living, breathing stories of The Righteous. And oh, that- I love it. That's I, how it
6: progressed. I love it. Well children, um, I say that um adults are just children in big bodies. So yes. we can still always express <laughs> ourselves. And speaking of expression, do you have a little little some, something you wanna uh bless the mic with? Oh uh no. I can, I can give you a little excerpt just because you put me on the spot. Um <laughs>
5: Poetry is important to me because um, it's all that I, my thoughts are all that I own. And while yes. I owe it to myself to be truthful about them,
2: mm-hmm.
5: I, I owe it to my to the world to share them through. And so now you got me all excited and messed up. I know. Right? Yeah, so,
6: no.
1: uh, so here, here I, I am me, this I know, my soul I feel. I am
2: real
6: Oh wow mm-hmm. My name is Angie B On the mic you see oh, Rapping on down so viciously I'm not Cheryl the pearl <laughs> Anyway I don't have anything I don't have any freestyle.
2: Oh my god okay I hope this is not being recorded
3: about the um, work that she's doing With Teach Plus I have a lot of teachers in my family And I'm a big teacher advocate they've gone through a lot in the pandemic so
5: okay well yes let once we get offline let's connect and i would love to to connect with them and, and share any and every opportunity that which awesome. what, what's happening now is i'm getting um inf- information about just lots of amazing organizations that are looking to use teachers in a lot of different ways outside of teach plus
6: so Oh wonderful Hey Stacey uh, We want to say show. Thank you so much um, For joining us here On Black Consumer News And we thank appreciate you. you so much And we look forward To all wonderful things Coming from you And uh, we want to keep up With you as well Okay Alright Thank you guys Thank you so me. much We appreciate you, you And thank you Our thank listeners you For tuning in And uh, Mecca We want to thank you For being here With us thank today Wesley will be back here Next Friday From 11 A.M. until 12 noon. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and 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 Facebook. Make sure you go to blackconsumernews.com and sign up for the newsletter so you can keep up with us because we're keeping up with you. Thank you again, BCN Black Consumer News News that Empowers.
1: presenting shows and programs in various arts and craft disciplines.